0: Welcome to Off the Cuff Postscript. I'm Matt
1: Butler. I'm Darren Joanne. How are you? We just finished playing golf, man. Pretty um, appropriate for episodes on sport law. We got our ass kicked. I just want to say that oh before we start. Oh my God.
0: So... We're so bad at golf. But not and, I a, play, and I play kind of a lot.
1: Yeah, like you have a membership. I haven't golfed much this year. But I consider myself okay at golf. And like Darren, Darren I love you.
0: You're not okay at golf. Okay, great. So I'm not I, okay. I,
1: I play a lot, and I'm not okay at golf. All right. So we just got experienced, really, what I would say is a clinic. Like, we got... Yeah, we yeah, played... Yeah, what yeah. did we play today? Listen, Match play? Listen, we, we don't have to go into the, okay, into fine. the details. Okay, fine. But he eagled on us today. Yeah,
0: yeah. We got eagled on a par four or okay. whatever. It's no big deal.
1: Okay, fine. So uh, we're here tonight, today, with... Uh, will russell who you guys hopefully heard if you watched uh the last episode you probably out. didn't or listen to it go check it out please go check it out uh don't. this will make more sense if you do that uh and you know he's here on the line with us so i don't know if you want to say hello will
2: hello will <laughs>
1: <laughs> 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 oh, I, I walked into that one yeah, yeah, yeah that's for your fault. sure yeah this is a problem with Will and I. He just, uh, you know, I've known him for way too long. And uh, he does these things to me. And every time I talk to him on the phone or I introduce him to other groups of friends. And this is, you know, Matt and I are pretty close. And uh, after our last filming session, he got pretty upset with me. He said, you know, are we even friends?
0: Well, wow, Will's like, got so many great yeah, stories.
1: And so I, I hold a lot of things back. And uh, Matt wasn't, I guess, he wasn't thrilled about some of the stories that Will had for me. But I'm really nervous. Oh, no, and no, no, I, no, no,
0: no. I like the stories. I just didn't like that you didn't tell me them.
1: True. And I I don't know. I, I like to keep my you know cards close to my chest. And uh, whatever this guy is upset with me. And then I, I, I don't like to cross groups of friends. And uh, here we are now. Will, who uh, knows me quite well. And I feel like Matt, who he says he doesn't know me well anymore after listening to Will's stories. Okay. Uh, but in any event, we're here tonight. We're actually here to talk about something legal related, not my personal life. So uh, we can get into it. And as you guys know, Will is a, a lawyer from Sport Law.
2: Well, it's, uh, I have the safety. I'm currently in Texas at a, a world championship, sailing world championship for my life. So I have the security of several thousand miles between the two of us, so I can tell <laughs> lots of stories. Um,
0: well, Will, give us, give us a story, man. Uh,
2: so, I, so I don't know if it was a question of athletic achievement today, but, you know, let's we'll have to continue that, that vein of conversation um, I think for those of you who haven't had an opportunity to to meet Darren in the flesh, she is a uh, pinnacle of athleticism. I think is probably the, the appropriate. <laughs>
1: That's probably the, na- the nicest way you can say it, I suppose. Yeah.
2: So, um, so, so we went to uh, law school together, and I, and I really, I think this is an appropriate story just to really set the stage for for today's conversation. Matt, I think you, you you fell half fell out of your chair when I told you this. When I asked Darren, like, I love get the, the ball,
0: story. I love and, the story, and you had
2: and you had no idea what I was talking about. But I, I don't want to seen anybody look that shocked when I said that. And Darren, op- you know, dutifully opened up his desk drawer and pulled out a signed baseball, uh, which I don't. I'm I'm shocked that you don't have it on the desk. So the short the short version of this story, and I think it's important. For no other reason that it's really funny, <laughs> <laughs> so we are playing intramural softball, and again, Darren is. Uh, and and it's, I would, get, Darren, this is fair to say, you're an enthusiastic athlete.
1: I think I'm much better than I generally am, and I I, yeah, I and run. You're, the, you you're know, enthusiastic.
2: Yeah. You, I, you're, yeah. Yeah. I yeah.
1: give a hundred percent. You're zealous. Yeah, I give a hundred percent. I do that in every aspect of my life, and I try. Yeah.
2: You you're, know. You're 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 kind of. A rudy S figure. I would agree with that. Uh, you know.
1: <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah. You know, a Rudy, uh, so so we are, you know, we have a fairly, uh, you know, lost, we, our last year, no, our second year, we have a fairly stacked team. You know, we made it to the finals, we're playing against, you know, the young guns, like the 19-year-old, The under, our, our, we went to the UNB law together, so, you know, the law school is fairly small, and there's a larger uh, campus of, of undergrad. It's a primarily undergrad institution. So but so we're there. We make it to the final. It's sort of late October, under the light.
1: October baseball.
2: Yeah, a little bit. Well, softball, but you know. <laughs> let, let's, let's not let details spoil a good story. <laughs> so we're there. We're lined up. We are down by two. Last at bat. And who steps up to the plate But the mighty Darren And the Darren is sort of This is the story It's the opposite of like Casey at bat You remember that story From when you were a kid You know when Casey Comes up to the plate And coughs So it's the opposite of this Darren has struck out He's only been at bat Like three times in the game But he's struck out five times (laughs) Like that's
1: I don't know if that's but, accurate. I mean, but, like,
2: no, you know. Yeah, I, yeah. Don't, don't. Okay. Don't okay. I well, okay. Yeah. All right. All right. So, All right. You're putting up some brown yeah, numbers so, here.
0: Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah.
2: So, so Darren steps up. We're down by two. Faces are loaded. So, you know, any contact source, you know, hit it with your teeth. Hit it with your nose. <laughs> just get the ball in play or someone will score. So we just start packing up. Darren's there, you know, it, it, it's, it's uh, you know, the rules for some of it. The, the ball comes in, you're swinging it, you, you miss, the ball hits the plate, it's a strike, right? First pitch comes in, just messes it, like different area code for the swing. Does it again, he's like, no, I can't swing, so he doesn't swing, perfect pitch, you know, just if he, if hitting it off a tee would have been more difficult than this case.
1: I appreciate the gusto so,
2: that you had. All right, let's let me finish, let's fish. Yeah, we're, we're not 0-2, so right lost out, this is it. Everybody, you know, we're just, we're going home. Anyway, no one's looking at this pitch, except for Dan. No, no one is paying attention. We're, you know, packing up, reading. I don't know what everybody's doing, looking for dandelions. Anyway. And Matt, we were talking about this before. You remember that scene from Moneyball? Yeah. Or is it Billy Bean, I think? He's got his
0: head down in the locker room. Scott Hatterberg's at the plate. They just gave up a huge lead.
2: Yeah, yeah. And, and it's like that. Like, every sport has that sound, right? Yeah. Like, like if it's, a if it's you know, a, a golf, or hockey, like, every sport, baseball, every sport has that sound, um, you know, where, like, it's just perfect. And there's, it's a no-doubter, you know, it's, that, it's just nothing but net. It's just that perfect sound. Every sport has that. So we're not, and no one's paying attention except for Darren. And what does he do? I don't actually know because no one saw this. But... <laughs> <you laughs> I did. And then there's just that perfect, you just, it just hits the sweet spot in the barrel. And it's just that, you know, perfect contact. And we all swivel because there's, like... It can cut through any type of background noise. And doesn't that ball like leave the bat? And you couldn't have drawn it any better. It just is that perfect act and just clears the fences. And then the music starts playing and the crowd rushes the field. <laughs> it's Darren has hit a walk-off home run. He went one for 78 in the entire <laughs> league. The only hit. He had, he had four RBIs in the entire season, and it was on the last bat of the league.
0: The last swing of so, the season.
2: The last swing of the season. So uh, that has nothing to do with sport law, um, but it's a really good story. And and, and we went and we, we got off the baseball. We signed it, Darren. I really hope that you have it on your desk. I think uh, I don't know. You know, when you're promoting this episode, if you do any promotion, I think that that picture, needs to, the picture of that baseball needs to be featured. Absolutely, absolutely. Like absolutely. in terms of cher- in terms of cherished memories, that's up there. That's up there. So, uh, you know, I'm so we're now on how many minutes in? We have not yet touched the legal subject, but I at least hope that that story was worth. The <laughs> you, know, of your you know, you know what though? Last ten minutes.
1: I think. I'm just a closer. That's it. I get the one important hit of the season. We won the championship. There's nothing wrong with
3: that. Yeah. I I I don't know if that's I don't know
2: you <laughs> want to go with your clients like, listen, I only win at the Supreme Court on a Hail Mary. That's <laughs> so the only time I win.
0: It's so funny that you o- say that. O- two count oh, because, two
1: because we are actually at the Supreme Court
2: yeah, right now. Yeah, on a yeah, file.
1: Yeah, so yeah. stay tuned. Because maybe, just maybe, we're going to hit another Grand Slam. Just yeah. maybe.
2: Well, it happened once before. It, you missed 77 times, but you did hit that last exactly.
1: one. Exactly. So maybe we should, pr- you know. like you're not,
0: pr- put, you're not putting Hall of Fame numbers here. Okay, like, fine. Let's, I mean, let's,
1: you know, all right. maybe not. No, but but he, he's it.
0: not in for consistency, but he's here for that accomplishment, right? <laughs> so he has a singular yeah, moment. He likes the big moment, for
1: yeah, sure. Yeah, we got to live in the moment. So. Speaking yeah. of that, we should probably get to the reason why we're here today, you know, probably like 10 minutes in. Um, that wasn't
2: the reason? No, nah, well, I'm good.
1: Yeah, that's Matt only agreed to film this, ever record this episode, uh, so we could probably get some stories out of you. Uh, and I'm sure, you know, that hopefully satisfied him. We'll see. We'll uh, see how and this goes. him and I are probably going to have an argument about it later, but, you know, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll get through it. Uh, so, sport law, you know, We all of this sport talk has got me riled up. It again, we it's so exciting to be able to just talk about something that we don't do uh, and to hear about it from people that do uh, do uh, practice in that area of law, like you. Uh, And so, we left last week talking about um, how important it is for these policies and procedures to be in place, but but underlying those policies and procedures you would really talk to us about uh, that there needed to be some shift in the culture uh, of sport, generally speaking. So um, I don't know, like, tell us more about that. I'm really, uh, you, you left us and we didn't get any more information about that. So I'm uh, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on what needs to uh, happen or what you think needs to change.
2: Yeah. And I think sport. Uh, and and I, I sort of started out in a more traditional sort of brick and mortar law firm that had, uh, you know, that, that had institutional clients and, and I did a lot of labor and employment and law work. So it was a big shift when I came to sport solely. And you know, it was a, like all things. It was, I think, um, it was actually an interesting question about why people should be in the Hall of Fame and what happens about uh, when, when something, you know, let's say 100 years later you find some bad information about, you know, someone was by today's standards or today's values, had a you know, there was a disconnect. So that's actually that call to to Steve Indig was really what started me down the path of of full time on on sport law. Um, And it was a shift when I started because there's a huge values aspect to sport. Um, And, and and it's an outdated term. I don't know. I mean, there's different ones are used, but I think, you know, Colin Piran's like, what I what, what our focus is is not on the professional side, like not on 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 that aspect of it. It's much more um, on the amateur side. And I think that that term's not really reflective of the fact that these are full time, decade long commitments to, um, to to their sport, to their craft. But the general understanding is I work with you know, quote unquote amateur sports, so it, 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 there, it's all about culture and it's all about. You know pursuing excellence and looking at that. Um, and so that was a big shift when I came in because when we're talking about the legal side of it, sometimes you tend to be a little bit more black and white, dollars and cents. Um, and so I had to understand that sport is about the values based, uh, much more than it is just strictly about dollars and cents. So I think what you're, what you're looking at here is you know looking at the big shift right now, and it is sector wide. Um, the big sort of singular aspect of it is uh this space and how, but it's how we do things. And I guess this is the question I always uh ask when i do these sessions and I do a fair number of these sessions with national and provincial or, or PTSO bodies. I and I'll put the question to you two. How do you define culture? You didn't think this was there, you didn't think there was gonna be skill testing questions here. And just remember this is being recorded. So if you fail we'll all we'll we'll all know. Just just Real, real quick, just just off the top of the head, why would you define culture?
3: Well,
1: I would say that the culture is uh, an accepted um, form or pattern of behavior within, you know, within societal norms.
0: Yeah, norms and practices is what I would. It's assert. kind of what I would, In, amongst a group of people with a discernible sort of identification and a
1: similar goal. I think. Sure. You know, I think that for from what I see a culture to be that, that, you know, if you, you often hear culture linked with religion, generally speaking, um, but culture itself can be applied to, you know, this context and other contexts. And, um, I, that's what I, I would see that as is is a shared belief system in achieving a certain goal, uh, within societal norms that are acceptable in that, uh, in that, I guess, sect or, um, Body of people that are participating in that said culture yeah, or, I would agree. or society, and with,
0: and with certain customs and sort of practices and norms, mm-hmm. yeah,
1: which then f- follow like a, uh, you know, some sort of guidance or guideline or sure you know, whatever that may be.
2: I'm going to say two things on your answer. First, that was not a home run. <laughs> wow. Two, wow. there, there was, it was pretty good. It was. It, I would say that was a double. That was like a solid double with like an RBI. All right. Okay, that's that's that's, uh, good. that's pretty good. We're, we're gonna we're going to work this baseball analogy through everything in our conversation today. I'm happy with that. Oh my I God, think that's I'm good. so I, happy
1: about that. Yeah, I don't know if you know before we go into that, but I don't know if you know this about Matt because you probably don't. You, you're meeting for the first time, you know, uh, a little bit ago. But Matt is like, in, first of all, an encyclopedia of baseball, mm-hmm. and second of all, mm-hmm. the man. Lives and breathes and dies for that sport. So I think you've yeah. made up a new best friend. Yeah, uh, you might want to ditch me because he's probably more exciting than I am. I got your number, Will. We'll, yeah. t- we'll touch base. So we, right. I'm, I think he's Perfect. probably more stoked to stick with the baseball analogies. But yeah, let's let's uh, continue.
2: Well, we're we're gonna we're gonna uh, this is very much an aside, and we can cut this section, this segment out of the, the chat. But we are gonna try maybe 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 I've never been to a professional baseball game. Go like to Ottawa, Link? I've been to the Ottawa Links. Like okay. I, don't, I think they're, I think they're defunct. They're defunct. now. They, they don't. No, they but don't. I used to go to the Ottawa Links all the time growing up. I grew up just outside of Ottawa, um, on the Quebec side. But we may, 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 may big asterisk. Uh, we may try to get to a Houston Astros game while we're here.
1: Oh, that would be, oh, cool. be good. they're really good this year.
2: Yeah, they're kind of they a, are really good. Kind of a World Series really favorite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, I'll say that. So, I, I think you know. Come somewhat back to where we were supposed to be. I think your definitions of culture are actually quite good. Um, you know, the really sh- simple one that people will use for culture is, you know, it's how things are done around here. Um, oh, well, I think yeah. the more, m- maybe the more that, that's a little, the so other, maybe a little bit too simple. I think the other one that I use, and, and I, I think, it, I think, high, whether you in high, high performance sports or you're in any type of industry no matter what your sort of success looks like um the book the, the definition i always use, and these are not this is not my definitions from uh, dan coyle who wrote the, the culture code very good book if you're looking to talk about culture applied to business high performance sport that's a really good book that i recommend reading uh it's a really fascinating study that he did about uh, high performance cultures in the athletic world but also looking at google or the marine like a really, really interesting one uh, to get insight in, into culture into performance. Um, and performance. perform. Um, and I think the one that is, you know, the culture is a set of living relationships working towards a common, a shared goal or a common goal. Um, I think it's one of the things that maybe lawyers in us um, neglect sometimes is remembering that it's not just like write a policy and now I've made the culture. All issues are done. Um, you know, I think we can all point and say that's not quite how things work. Um, but that's really one of the things when we talk about culture, is to look at all the different aspects of it. it. It is your policies. It is your, you know, the legal side of it. But it's also, you know, what's your structures. What are the values of the organization? Um, what do you look at in terms of do you frown on leaving on Friday afternoons? Do you, do you expect people to take calls late in the evening? What are those sort of the intangibles? All of that goes into the big mix to develop what we call culture. Um, and I think what we're seeing in sport is having to look at what do we value? Is it success? Is it win at all costs? Or what are we willing to do
3: to get ahead
2: um, in the sport? And what do we celebrate? I think that's really where, you know, safe sport is, is one aspect of this, and then we're certainly seeing that being the most prominent issue or, or, or that, that we're talking about, I think it's a very critical one. But we talk about culture, it's more than just not committing crimes, or not committing maltreatment. So, I don't know how far we've wandered off the, the path of what we expect to talk about today, but we talk about, that's what I think it's always important to say, what is culture, what are we talking about? and it's not fixed. I think that's an important thing, like culture shift.
0: That's great, Will. We're just going to take a little break now and then after that we're going to come back and we're going to go dive in a bit into uh, safe sport. Weaver Simmons is Northern Ontario's largest full-service law firm. For over 90 years, Weaver Simmons has provided legal advice to its clients. With three offices in Sudbury, North Bay, and Shaplow. For more information, please visit our website or feel free to give us a call.
1: And we're back. We heard from our sponsor, and now we're back with Will.
0: Will, you mentioned Safe Sport, and we talked about it uh, on the YouTube show, but I'd like to discuss that more because uh, your explanation on Safe Sport and you know, it, it, it tying into the maltreatment and addressing the maltreatment of athletes um, is fascinating, given the you know a historic issue with that. So, can you uh, just elaborate a little more on what safe sport is and how it's being enacted across you know professional sports and amateur sports? Yeah,
2: absolutely. So, I, it's hard for me to speak with the professional side. Um, certainly, there's you know innovations are and in developments there, and I think there's a push to make. Uh, you know, to improve culture there, you know, my experience being more with the amateur side, I can speak to it more. And Really, it's uh, a sport is uh, fundamentally about creating a safe place for everybody where they can be free to be themselves uh, to express their opinions and to not be afraid that not towing the line will get them hurt from a team. So we kind of talk about three aspects, you know, being physical, emotional, and psychological safety, that people feel secure, Within their environments uh, and having those sort of the three key features of what we see as a you know a safe environment. Um, so there's been a lot of development, I and mean, we saw the the opening of the doors of Osic. We talked about this on the video. Um, you know, the opening of, of Osic, and, and the um, the minister certainly indicated for the national sport body that they're going to have to be mandatory uh, for all national sport organizations who re- receive funding that they're going to have to go to OSIC, which is going to be the venue to hear um, allegations or complaints of, of maltreatment under the, the UCCMS so that has been a huge development um, it's still unfolding there's still a lot of question marks and you can imagine the complexities of national organizations working in different provinces and even different countries trying to come together and, and, and sort of what is going to be a universal code uh, of conduct and how that's to be applied.
1: So explain to me maybe in layman's terms really what uh, what an athlete can do or what this is meant for an athlete to do. So we have OSIC, which was launched in, uh, in June of 2022. Their responsibility is to administer the UCCMS, which is a universal code of conduct for, to prevent and address the maltreatment of athletes in sport. And then you have this universal code, um, and then we've heard from you that, of course, just because you have a policy doesn't mean uh, you are people are going to follow the policy. But um, what I understood or took away from what you what you talked to us about last week was that there need to be signatories or people that agree to, you know, abide by, you know, be governed by OSIC, I guess is the is what I'm trying to get at, and so from what you just said is that some places are going to make it mandatory to be, uh, governed by OSIC in that, in that, uh, dispute resolution process. Uh, is there, has there been, um, early adoption, by I mean we're in Canada and we're in Ontario we're in Ontario um but Canadian like the Canadian national sports organizations or you know provincial ones that you've worked with like has there been an adaptation of OSIC and an adoption of the UCCMS here in either Ontario or Canada?
2: So the UCCMS yes the UCCMS has been a requirement for, for national sport organizations to have within their code of conduct um for I believe two or three years now, at, at the very least. Um, and so, but now, but it was, they had what, uh, you know, their independent third party, or for, for NSOs at least, that they had to report any allegations regarding or uh, involving a breach of either the UCCMS behaviors or the sports specific behaviors had to be reported to a third party. Now, the reporting mechanism for, and, and, and UCCMS participants who are a designated group and designated by their, the National Sport Organization. So, if it's a complaint against one of those designated participants, it goes to OSIC if the allegations involve a, uh, a breach of the UCCMS. So, it, it's a specific venue dealing with allegate, specific allegations against a specific group of individuals. So. There were, uh, you know, last I checked, I believe that there were five program signatories. I expect that we'll see a significant increase of signatories uh, at the national level over the, the coming months, um, but there's a lot of work to implement um, these to become a, a program signatory. You're required to develop the appropriate policies and procedures for everybody to follow. You're also required to... Uh, you know, come into our agreements and, and sign on with OSEC and, and pay the required fees and costs. But then also a key aspect of it to be to fall under OSEC, the the programs or the UCCMRS participants, they actually have to find, find a consent that they agree to fall within the jurisdiction of OSEC, which is you know a significant challenge given you think about the potential numbers of different sports. And, and there's a lot of issues that we're navigating on this. Uh, you know, if you expect, if someone comes in for a tryout, should they be considered a UCCMS participant? If someone's only uh, professional, you know, they're, they're in a professional league and they come, they play for a national team for a World Cup or championships or a certain amount of time, should they be covered? So there's a lot of moving parts that we're sorting out on this. It's still very much in its infancy. We looked at a lot of the, uh, you know, we looked at this. The the guidelines were published in August, and we're still working it through. And uh, we can touch on this in a moment if it's of interest, but I think it's important to note that individuals can be subject to complaints, but then there's also a broader review that can be conducted um, of sports in their entirety.
0: What What would that look like?
2: So uh, so, so if there's an individual thing like Darren did this, that would be subject to the complaint. Right. Sorry, Darren. But the
0: sport entirety, uh, that, the, that's, that's the interesting
2: point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and I think you, we've seen a number of different national sports and really it's at the national level that we're dealing with right now, um, in large part because the minister has you know, different funding mechanisms that and uh, different relationships with the, the national level of sports, where they can provide that leverage to to have this uh, this implementation and, and really the ability to to force this this change or to move this along. So, I think there we will see over the coming months and years uh, uh, in implementation through pro- provincial bodies. So, but when we're looking at the broader um, sport in, in environment assessment. Um, it's going to be for those systemic issues where there are broader concerns about the culture as a whole. And so there's going to be less of a punitive, you know, sorry, Darren, again, you know, has committed this offense, alleged of committed this offense, and there's a finding that he has committed this offense and a corresponding penalty. The the assessments are going to more focus on... uh, on broader issues of the the sport as a whole and systemic systemic, uh, challenges.
0: And that's great for national sports, for Hockey Canada, Swim Canada. What about provincial sports? Is there any sort of checks and balances with these organizations, whether it be like, you know, Ontario baseball or, you know, uh, different (laughs) sports organizations in a province? Like, is there anything at the pr- provincial level that's being enacted similar to this?
2: I think we're developed, like we're, there, there's moving ahead and there's development and different, I mean, quickly, it's very, it just complicated very quickly because different provinces have, you know, some have a very clear, robust umbrella sport organization which can put out certain, provide for funding, provide for, uh, you know, has issues, mandates for what is required. Other provinces don't. So it's a bit of a patchwork, and I think that's something we're looking to navigate. There certainly are best practices, and a lot of organizations are looking to implement this to have, you know, at the very, um, I, th- I think the, the critical aspect of it is that you have the ability to report complaints and that there's a, a degree of separation between who may be, making decisions in the sport and who is receiving those complaints because you know from my perspective that's an essential part of all of this is that when individuals come forward with concerns about maltreatment or concerns about behaviors that they just something feels off like they don't think it is right that they're able to come forward and be heard and be supported and not have concerns that if I bring this forward I'm going to be labeled uh, you know a whiner a troublemaker or someone I just don't want on the team. So I think after a lot of sports, looking at yes, we need to set establish a clear expectation for behavior, and most sports do have some form of code of conduct. But then, more importantly, uh, not more importantly, perhaps, but you know, in addition to that, it's providing that reporting mechanism, which is of vital importance for for groups.
1: It's it just sounds incredibly complicated to implement something like this on sort of the national level or the global level. And I think, you know, we mentioned it last week where this has international ramifications Mm -hmm. on top of just trying to figure it out domestically. And so at the, I guess at the baseline, what you're saying, and it boils down right back to what we started talking about is the culture shift where, you may have these policies in place, but until it's okay for an athlete to sit out for an injury or to come forward with an allegation that a coach has done something inappropriate, until it's acceptable that that is the norm, none of this matters,
3: right?
2: Oh, None of it matters, but I think the effectiveness is going to be muted until we really have, that acceptance across the board of what we view as appropriate behavior within a within a sport, and really, I think it's cross-cutting within an organization. I think we can all think of instances, you know, as we come up through our uh, our jobs, as we move through the way that there were not behaviors, there were behaviors that um, we're not, you know, and I, I, this is a distinction I try to make that we're talking about more than just criminal behaviors. Right? Mm-hmm. A crime is a crime. Mm, yeah. We shouldn't have to say like. Oh, don't commit crime. Yes. Yeah. of course. If a crime is occurring within your sport, that should be dealt with appropriately. But we're, well, we're not talking about this. We're talking. We're not just talking about that story. We're talking about behaviors that are a little bit maybe more subtle or insidious that that can have a cumulative and a really deteriorating effect on someone's psyche or someone's morale and and how they perform. So I think. Um, it, does, it comes down to a question of values. And as we talk about culture, it's not just what we want to create, a safe sport culture. Of course, we want to do that. But we also want to be creating a culture that follows a clear and uniform set of values. So I won't put anybody in the spot who, who, and ask what your organizational values are. But when I have these conversations, and often I come in because there's been some form of dispute or conflict that I've, You know, that that was sort of my primary role is to help with dispute resolution. But after the fact, oftentimes there's a friction point um, and where things may not be, you know, there's a noise within the system, right? Like sometimes it's like, well, there's clear that there's something wrong under the the hood of the organization and we have to look at it and say, how do we fix it? So I'll come in and have a conversation on the governance side. And the, the question I'll often ask is like, what's the mission statement of your organization? What are the values of the organization? What you know? Why is what? What reason do you have for being here? And it's interesting. Sometimes, uh, you know, especially if we're on a, a virtual setting, it's very clear when people are googling things, right? Like, and then you'd be like, "Oh, okay, you guys just took thirty seconds. You, that's not fair. You just googled the answer." But I think it's really important because being able to have that as your de- defining purpose is is, is critical because. Otherwise, what are you doing? What's your pursuit? Why do you show up and why do you get up in the morning and and get to work? Um, Is it win at all costs? Is that the understanding that we're here to win at all costs, no matter the sacrifice, no matter the the human carnage left behind? Or are we here to pursue excellence? And and there's a story, and I'm blanking on the name of the book, but... uh, a Canadian uh, long distance runner in the, in the 80s. He just put out a book. I'll find out and we can post it in the post. We put up in the postscript <laughs> if that exists. Um, this, this, you guys are not right. scrambling. Say, we got to go write a postscript. Yeah. yeah. So, so where they were met, uh, you know, the reporter met this athlete off the plane and they say basically it was like they had finished fourth instead of Canadian record. They had run that, that race faster than anybody else born in Canada, or not even born, who was a Canadian citizen, had ever run before. And they finished fourth. And they were asked the question, coming off the plane, you know, how does it feel to be a failure? How does it feel to have missed out on the medals to, to not have achieved, not have accomplished the goal of becoming an Olympic medalist? And uh, there is a clip, and again, I apologize for blanking on this, but they said, like, what are you talking about? Like, I just ran faster than any Canadian has ever run before in the history of the Dominion. And you view that as a failure. And I think that's important. And, and uh, because, you know, what do we, what is, you know, we've all participated in sport. Matt, I don't know you very well. I don't know if you're made it professionally. Um Maybe again, if you did have a professional sports career, I apologize for not acknowledging it earlier. I have not. Um, <laughs> okay, so you know we've all have this involvement in sport, and discussion like why do we do it? You know, is it to become a professional? Well, if, if you're here, like even for most people who make it to the who make it to the Olympics, if their definition of success is a medal, you're probably going to find yourself that you are not going to reach that goal. Right, so it has to be this shifting of this, this this conversation about culture. It has to be like, what do we value, and how do we pursue excellence, as opposed to assigning, you know, well, if you finished fourth, but you ran faster than anybody else has ever run in the, in, our, in, in our country, that's a failure, right? And so it's, and so that's why I, I like about this shift or this conversation. Yes, there's some very very challenging aspects of it when we're dealing with the maltreatment issues, which have no business in sport or really any organization. But as part of this conversation is bigger than that. It's a bigger revolution is to look at how do we say as a as a country this is what we value in our in 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 athletics in, in sport uh, and really as a country. I don't know if that's getting too high in my. No, that's great you know, that's because
0: my next question is: Is it fair to say that this would be more effective to then target youth sport as opposed to? national level national level amateur sport uh, similar to hockey can or even like Olympic selections is it more like would this not be more effective by targeting youth sports from like from the ground up
2: I think we have to do it from I think we have to talk about it through all of it um, at the highest level I think we have to change it but I think we, yeah we do need to change that grassroots um, and and you know part of this like uh, Norway is a really fascinating study, and there's a lot written on this. And, and there's some really good text, really good research about this. About you know, why do we pursue sport? Do we and, and, and do we like under I think it's the age of sixteen or, or like you know a lot of uh, the Norwegians like they've done away with this notion of competitive sport, right? Like why at twelve years old do you need to know that you scored eight goals or two goals or had eight goals scored on you? Shouldn't it just be out there? working as hard as he can. So uh, when we're, we're talking with this, yeah, it absolutely has to be a shift. But, um, you know, it, it's a very challenging one because we're talking about a bit of a seismic change Yeah. Um, from, from what we go about. This. But, you know, do we, you know, at the end of the day, do we want to have our, our, our youth athletes come off the field and say, I lost, even though they tried as hard as they could? Well want to say, like, I worked really hard. And, you know, the wins and losses don't particularly matter. Except for Darren's walk-off home run. We'll give him that one. Yeah, that um, mattered. That was important. Yeah, that, that mattered that, then. That, that, that mattered.
0: My, wa- my walk-off home run mattered too, but whatever. Nobody cares about that. Anyways, continue. Yeah. Whoa, whoa. You yeah. didn't tell me this story. That doesn't matter. matter. That's for another day, Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. What, yeah. What, what I wanted to, you know, go, talking about all this, it, it's really eye-opening. That story you just told about the track athlete, and then we just finished the conversation about, you know, mission statements and having a vision. And that's that's such a cool story to link back to the change you and your organization are trying to affect in the sense that, you know, whatever governing body that runs track and field Canada, I don't know what the whatever they are. Um, but it'd be interesting to see like, OK, that reporter, that person, asked that, that person off the plane, you know you failed at the olympics and it'd be interesting to then now today in 2022 to look at the vision and to to try to modify that vision and culture to say you know even though if you didn't medal at the olympics but you did break personal records or or breaking world records or or domestic records that is a success and to view that as a success and um that's really neat because i think from what i hear what you're saying is that's where we want to go right and i think is that that I understand that to be one of the roles that you, one of the hats that you wear is to help these organizations modify and look at their visions and their, their culture and to to make them realize and aware that maybe it is not all about just that win or loss. It's about achieving personal success and what personal success means to you. And that goes back to a, a, a comment about the
0: mission statement. Like what is your mission statement and how do you, can mm-hmm. you enact that? And in the same breath you can have safe sport and reach your mission statement. They're not mutually
1: exclusive. They should be, they should be together.
2: And the science is there. Like the, like the, the research is there to say you know, high-performance cultures are ones where you are free to make mistakes and not be punished for it. Um, right. And I think that, you know, that's a critical aspect of all of this is that it's actually better. Right, like at the end of the day, when we talk about performing cultures and, um, and we look at the San Antonio Spurs and you look at what they've done over the years, the accountability, the you know, you're, you're not you're not accepting a lower standard by saying that we are gonna have a safe environment. I think that's the important thing. Like we're not talking about a lessening you know, of the standard. Mm-hmm. We're just looking at it from the perspective of a single failure just does not make does does not define a career or someone as an athlete just as a singular success like Darren's home run does not make him Babe <laughs> <laughs> um,
3: That's so true.
2: Yeah. yeah and, so so and, and it's a, it's a question of how do we measure things. Medals are a convenient measure, right? And and I and, and there's nothing wrong with having that as being part of it. But is it not you know is it not more important to say what is our level of Participation from you know year zero to year one hundred. Are we not making long term athletes people who um, you know yes could be high performance, but also then you know talk more of a, a you know culture or national side of it that we're looking at. saying, are we not having a uh, you know a culture of sport within Canada that you know has people involved from cradle to grave that so you have people participating all through it, though they don't feel that. You know, I, I'm, uh, seven days younger than Sidney Crosby. And, uh, I always feel like, you know, when they talk about, you know, and, and I live in, in Nova Scotia, and they talk about, you know, Sidney Crosby getting the twilight of his career. And I'm like, hold on a second. He's younger than me. He's like, you know, we're, we're almost exactly the same age and he's in the twilight of his career. And he's, I'm 30, I think I'm 35. I believe, I'm going to go with 35. Right? Um, so, and, and just say like, you know, like, is that it? And, and that's a lot of the, a lot of athletes. And, and, you know, my wife is not to get too personal here, but, you know, my wife was, you know, went to two time Olympian and coached at the Olympics. And, and it's really tough because your careers are shorter, but, you know, and it's a tough thing to make that transition. And, and that's part of this conversation about cultures is that, you know, the value of, you know, athletes, you know, athletes, when we look at them, yes, they can have a career where they are at the pinnacle. But, you know, simply because they age out of a sport and they're no longer at their competitive peak, we should view them as sort of, while well, they're not of any more value to us. And I think that's been a lot of this. Conversations that we need to understand that we need to take a holistic view of, of athletes and support them, not just when they have the potential to be a medalist or a world champion, but, you know, how do, how do they transition? What's their value? You know, how do we integrate them into our, our organizations over the long term? Um, cause it's really tough. It's really tough when you have that, especially in the, the national level, when you have that singular focus, everything you do from eat, sleep, exercise, when you watch TV, everything you're doing is trying to focus on getting better or getting faster or getting stronger and to lose that, um, you know, when you lose that singular focus, it's really tough to change gears and to to sort of move into, I don't want to say real life, but to move into life where you're not defined by, you know, a 10th of a second or um, your your results in a race.
1: Yeah. The the life after sport. Mm
2: -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: And so mm-hmm. I think, you know, it's been incredible to, to talk to you about this stuff. You know, the listeners and viewers uh, are going to get a taste of uh, my, you know, athletic amazingness.
2: Can I make one last plug? Am I allowed to make one last plug? Yeah, of yeah, course. Absolutely. How about yeah, enough? absolutely. Yeah. I think this is an important thing is that every single person who is at a sport event helps form the culture of that sport. So it's not just on the field of play. It's in the stands. It's the conversations you have after the game. It's all of it. And that's really shifted for me as you know, a parent of young kids and having that conversation about, you know, making sure that our, our behaviors mirror what we want those athletes to be doing. Uh, and I think that's a that's a piece that's often missed, is that we we view it just as like a field of play issue or just a practice, but it's a lot more than that. We all have a role to play in shifting our sports culture, you know, including parents, officials, board members. All of that goes into the mix. So that was just one thing. as a, as you know, we're coming to a close on to, um, today's chat. I just want to make sure we, we really put that in because I think that's an important. thing, because Matt you mentioned, you know, the the, the provincial level sports. Yeah, that's really where we got to be. You know, have influence, and, and if we think back to like, I can remember. To this day, and I won't, you know, call them by, uh, call them out by name, but I can remember like who I think were some of the best coaches, uh, and athletes, or, and, you know, parents who, who helped me along the way. And, and I still, there are still lessons that I remember from them that I carry forward today. Um, you know, in terms of thinking of ones right, you know, in terms of the empathy and the compassion that they can show. Um, and the formative. And to, not, to not underestimate the influence that we have at any level of sport uh, on the development of our athletes and our coaches.
1: I think that was Will's PSA to parents. No, to that say, was unreal. That know, was so good. You no. know, I think that. I, I, I sat back in my seat. Was, that, was, yeah. that was like preach. Chills. That was, preach. Yeah. That was Chills. great. You know, parents be better, yeah. everyone be better. Uh, when you're watching these sports, you know I think that's a an incredible take uh, and one a great take to leave this on. So we want to thank you, Will.
0: You don't want to leave
2: it? You don't want to leave it on a sports story? I'll ask Matt this question because Dan, you don't get to answer. Okay. You want to hear one more story about Darren? Do we have time?
0: We, of course, we have time.
2: Do we? Let, have at it. Let's Darren,
0: go. Right. All, right, all right. Yeah. Right. Let's hear it.
2: Okay. Can I tell you about the opposite of a home run story? Opposite, opposite,
0: of, opposite a of a home run? run? Yeah. Let's hear it.
2: Yeah. Okay. Opposite of a home run is when the quarterback comes in supreme confident, right? Looking like he is Peyton Manning reborn coming in calling off people he's calling his own number he throws more interceptions <laughs> than completed passes I think he may have more interceptions than he even had attempted passes in one quarter of a game. That happened. Well, but so you know what? We had a supportive sport environment and we celebrated that quarterback and we said, you know what? That lawyer, that guy will be a great lawyer one day. <laughs> don't, want
0: don't want him Don't want him <laughs> nabbing yeah. him in the backfield you know, or what?
2: Yeah, of course, you know, of course we, we are, again, talking about Darren. We ended up just having him, uh, we just ran running plays. It was kind of like Mighty Ducks except he was the point of it. He would just sort of Get the ball from the center, and then he would just have to—he would fumble it back. To the real—the real, the real uh, question
1: is, why did they always put me in these situations? It was just hilarious. It was hilarious. It was, it was hilarious. just nope.
2: hilarious. Or was there was just hey, nobody hey, else hey, available. Hey, we can't end with this—the record being twisted like this. There was no one <laughs> placing you in that position. We were insisting you're—you're, you're, you're, you're You were incredibly—that's accurate. An incredibly confident quarterback. It was incredibly confident. But you know what? Probably. Uh, you know. I cannot tell you the score of that game, but I can tell you that I remember that, and no one went home. We didn't really care. Um, those, are some, those are some of the best memories of, of law school, and, and I honestly have no idea what the score was. It was a lot for them and a zero for us. I will say zero, that. Zero, you guys got but, shut uh, out. <laughs> uh, yeah, it wasn't great. But we had, um, had a good time. But we had a great time. So really, I uh, thank you so much uh, to both of you for having me on the. Uh, do we call it a show? Yeah, on yeah, the podcast. No, it's yeah. It's a show. Um, it's a show. Show. Yeah, the, the show. Uh, I really appreciate you guys taking the time and, and, and talking to me. You know, hopefully, there's something of interest, and uh, I'll make sure I follow up with the, the name of that book. A, you know, it is a good thing. Uh, it, it is a good, a good story, uh, and, and a good sort of.
1: We really appreciate it's a good it. Good
2: narrative to see how we have to change things. So thank you so much. We
1: thank, we thank you for that. We really appreciate it, Will. Thanks a lot. That leaves us, uh, Matt and I, just you and me. And after hearing those stories, how do you feel?
0: I feel like your sports career was terrible, but but again, we're shifting culture. We're shifting our uh, our view. Um, I I really appreciated Will taking the time to to speak to us about you know the. The steps that are taken, take that are taking place to ensure safe reporting, you know the policies and procedures that are taking place to ensure the the, the addressing of maltreatment of athletes from the national level, and I'm and I'm hoping that on the provincial level, and uh, and the youth level that there are there are better steps taken forward. because we've all heard horror stories of coaches, parents, and and, and players having to fight through injury, uh not come forward with allegations of misconduct, whether it be physical or or, or worse. Um and and to have a, somebody in that field speak about the steps being ta- like, that are being taken place. It's it's just outstanding.
1: And it's really neat. Uh you know, and Will is a lawyer at Sport Law, the firm. Um I didn't even know that existed until Will started working there. I didn't know that was a field of law that, I mean, I, I did and I didn't, you know, I didn't appreciate uh, what went into it. And after listening to the work that he does um, and the, you know, it, it sounds like there's lots of efforts being made to shift and change this, this attitude and behavior and sport. And he's at the forefront of that. And that's really cool.
0: And it's interesting that it's, that it's a legal issue.
1: Yeah. But, and, that, and that's yeah. why
0: we're, well, that's why we spoke about it. Cause everybody can say, why are you guys talking about sports? It's, it's a legal issue that we're, that, that we're needing to, to address top. Like he said, like we needed to address like from the, the highest levels of sport. And you know, his firm is, uh, is at the forefront of that. And, it, and it's, and it was great to have him.
1: Yeah. So, you know, that takes us to the wrap of, uh, postscript this week uh, yeah. after learning all about sport law uh, stay tuned next week for another episode uh, you know we're going to come live at you we're going to try to do uh, Wednesday releases so stay tuned for those uh, typically we're going to have weekly content for you so you know our Instagram page is a great place to frequent and check out what we're up to
0: yeah keep like subscribe all that jazz get tell, it done
1: you know tell your friends and uh, you know listen Kind if you laugh, family. that's cool too. Like tell yeah. your friends, it's kind of yeah. funny hey, sometimes too. These guys are pretty cool, you know, turn us on in your car or, uh, you know, when you're, uh, I don't know, going for a run or something and, you know, listen to what we got to say because we're, we're lawyers, but, uh, we're also here to help, uh, spread the information that, uh, you don't necessarily have access yeah, to. talk so. about
0: interesting issues. Yeah. yeah
1: sure. So that takes us to, uh, PostScript. I'm Darren Chohan.
0: I'm Matt Butler. See you next time. Make sure to like and subscribe. Just do it now.